Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Cotton in a Rocket Chip. I am your host, Lennox Mars Jr. This is season two, episode 21. And the name of this episode, I'm going to call it Ghost in the Shell. The reason why I'm going to call it Ghost in the Shell is because <clears throat> Ghost in the Shell is one of my favorite animes. And I, um, I like the, the dialogue. I like the anime itself, but I, I really do like the the, um, the way it wrestles with technology and humanity. And um, one thing that's interesting about Ghost in the Shell is that it uh, it talks about the concept of, of what is humanity, and it also talks about the concept of relationship of human beings and robots, right? As we tend to become more uh, technologically advanced as a society, we are starting to to tread on these augmentations. For example, like when we talk about the vaccine, the mRNA is basically uh, uh, an augmentation, right? To, to scientific advancement. It's a technology that, that's encoding our, our, our genes in order to fight a virus. So, it, 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 Ghost in the Shell, it lends its hand on many different fronts. But the, what I want to talk about is um, in relationship to how I see it in, in, in my community, right? So, just a little backstory about Ghost in the Shell. It, it, it takes place in, in, the, in the future. And you see a lot of... Uh, of They basically tell you the world in the future, right? And as for techno- as technologically advanced as it becomes, there's more and more rift amongst na- nations, amongst people, and what is considered human and not human. So it, it kind of focuses on uh, this woman, and she's an elite soldier, and they call her Major. And she has a group of guys that all follow her. Some are um, quote-unquote natural, where they don't have any augmentations. Others have uh, slight augmentations, whether it may be one eye. Others may have arms, um, limbs, um, and even one have eyes, right? Uh, by the gen- a gentleman by the name of Bato. But the major, what makes her unique is that she has a full prosthetic body she's completely robot and the reason why is that she had an, uh, an accident when she was a little girl and she was uh, basically switched over from sleeve to sleeve so each year or each period of, of her growth and development she had a different body type and so she doesn't really know what it is to be quote-unquote human or have a natural body because her body's been her own Uh, her body's been made fabricated by by different um engineers at the time what's interesting about ghost in the shell is that it follows this concept of um if you guys are not familiar with uh hegel uh something called the hegelian dialect It, it 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 it's basically and i'm bastardizing it because i'm just trying to paraphrase it to give you some kind of context um, and, I've, and I encourage everyone to start to see uh, Ghost in the Shell. I've been looking at it uh, probably since high school, so it's probably 15 plus years. But 
pretty much started in like 1995. I started in the early 2000s watching Ghost in the Shell and I've been hooked ever since. But uh, going back to Hegel, it's something called a Hegelian uh, dialect and he has these uh, theories. He has multiple theories. He has multiple books published. But um, the way the pattern Ghost in the Shell follows it, it's the uh, it's something called the the thesis, the antithesis, and then it's the synthesis. So the thesis, uh, from my understanding, is um, how governments work, right, or how power works in in your normal day to day, right? That'll be your thesis, and then the antithesis is something that's born out of that struggle or born out of that uh that um that status quo, if you will, and um. Mind you, this is the future. This is technological advancements. They're talking about nuclear scrubbers. They're talking about um, people with unlimited capacity. So it, it's it's you would think that in the future things would be better, but our, honestly, it got it has gotten worse in, in this in this uh, this setting. And there's a lot of poor people who are overlooked with all, even though there's a lot of technological advancements. And so the major, she kind of works with this uh, government agency called, called Section 9. It's a government agency called Section 9. And you see them play out with other sections and you see this kind of like this geopolitical uh, fight and wrestle amongst different sections or different uh, entities. Even in, even though it takes place in Japan, they have a, an American presence. Um, they talk about the United Nations, and um, and they're all ran by this uh, this this old uh, suave Japanese guy uh, named Aramaki with a, a George Jefferson fro. But going further with uh, Hegel's. Uh, Concepts and his premise is that uh, our, there's a thesis, there's an antithesis, and then there's a synthesis. So the thesis and the antithesis are supposed to clash. It's almost like how Marx talked about the the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. There's always a, a, a clash, and something uniquely different about not uniquely different about Hegel, but he he talks about um, how it's it's almost inevitable that the antithesis and the thesis clash because the thesis represents um, the re- almost like the, the elite rich and so when you talk about the elite rich they don't really do any of the work but they con- con- they control all the means of, of production and with the antithesis the people who are working, or who are the laborers, quote unquote? They become very more. They become very much skilled in their line of work, and when they become so skilled, is that they realize that they're being shortchanged. It pretty much sound like America, <laughs> um, but this is just like a a common thread, and so these these things clash, and out of that clash, um, they become. Uh, something new is born out of it, right? They Out of this struggle, there's no winners, there's no losers, but out of that struggle, 
and that understanding born something new and that's the synthesis so it's almost inevitable that these things have to happen in order to, to clash and i try to merge this with our uh with the way i see things in in my day-to-day and present is that uh Black people in this country have been, and I I say black people, but you understand, I say quote-unquote black people, um, have been clashing with the government for a very long time, and there hasn't been uh, much synthesis going on, right? And and I really don't know if if that's a a theory that, that applies or is appropriate, but I do know that in Ghost in the Shell, there's very much a a theme of of resistance and so you have these government agencies that have all the technological advancements they have uh surveillance capability they have drones they were talking about drones a long time they have these robots these autonomous robots they have robots who are able uh capable of learning on the spot um and they end up gaining some form of consciousness and awareness and one could say they even become human. And they always come up against someone who's part of that uh that proletariat group or that that uh that anti that antithesis group and they have a very hard time because they they are shielded by the people, right? So that all of the people know that what's going on and um, the government is doing isn't doing anything to help people out of their condition. There's, there's probably refugees, and someone is born out of that struggle, and they um, they give these entities the uh, run for its money, right? So the the leader of Section Nine is Major, the one with the prosthetic body. She's a, a super soldier. And she always comes across and, and clashes with someone who uh, who comes from like the dregs of, of society, and they have this purpose and they have this uh, this drive that uh, this motivation to have people who are downtrodden um, become better or become more accepted into society. It's almost like uh, and the means that they they use is it's it's uh, terroristic. You know, they're blowing up post office buildings, they're hacking governmental sites, they're doing a lot of things, a lot of nefarious things um, to get on the radar, and they're being shielded by um, the underground of society. And it's not just the underground of like Yakuza or um, Mafia, it's they're being shielded by your, your, your mom and pop store owner, your uh, your homeless population and um, the parallels are, are somewhat similar so when I see Joseph and Shell you see someone like along the lines of like a a friend a chairman Fred Hampton a Huey P. Newton a Bobby Seal right you would see somebody's born out of a, a struggle or a suffrage um, and it didn't matter how much technological presence or how much how powerful the government is you still have this massive resistance um and usually at the end of each season of ghost in the shell they they come to some kind of conclusion or um 
some things are left open-ended. But I, I think uh, the audience should definitely give it a look if you're interested in anime. I, I, I definitely think that you should give Ghost in the Shell a look. But you, we definitely could find some parallels and some similarities, and then you can find some some different things. But it, it takes place in the future. And one thing I thought about um, immensely in Ghost in the Shell is that we talk about automation. Um, you might hear uh, uh, Andrew um, Yang talk about the automation of of, of uh, truck drivers. You talk about Tesla with the autonomous cars. You, you, you see Tesla, you see Amazon, you see a lot of entities throwing money at um, drive, uh, driverless cars, right? That's going to be a thing of the future. But what does that look like for truck drivers? We, we talk about the ATM, the automatic teller machine. And uh, how did that look for industry, right? How did it look for people who used to earn a living wage off of being a, a teller, a bank teller or some sort so, so to speak? Now, a lot of those jobs are obsolete or phased out by um, technology, which it's a convenience for the population, but each convenience, it, it, it's eradicating a, a certain sector of job or profession. Like, for example, when I was interested in HR, we did the studies and the theories that say that HR is going to be no longer in existence. Um, this was in probably like 2009, like eventually these systems will be taken over by large entities or they'll have, it'll just be um, automated. And and for some reason, and, and for some, uh, in some way it has been augmented, HR has been augmented and payroll has been augmented because you have these big companies that can, can provide those, that service to you, right? So it's almost informal and out of person. I say this to say that there's a lot of people who are going to be displaced and people aren't like um, how they are in a movie where they could just pick up and find something new. People are people. People sometimes can't change on the drop of a gun, right? Some people uh, will perpetually be stagnated, right? If they don't have the, uh, the ability to change, right? So part of it is having the capacity to change and that difficulty in their daily lives to want to change. And um, I just think about uh, the quote that says the illiterate of the 21st century is not those who can read and write, but those who can learn and unlearn and relearn concepts. And I kind of paraphrase that part, but it's a that's like one of my favorite quotes because it's true. It's not. It's not about uh, reading or writing. Um, it's about um, having the vision to see down the line, ten, well, five to ten to twenty to twenty-five years, the direction of society, right? And where do you fit in your place or your position? And for me, I see that there's a lot of people who are, who are going to be left behind. There's a lot of people who look like me who are going to be left behind because they just don't see it coming. And, um, and Ghost in the Shell reminds me that no matter how much technology improves, we can land, we can go to Mars or we can go to Jupiter. Um, and that's some of the reason I, I talk about cotton in the rocket ship is that um, 
we as a people can't circumvent the process of trying to go into outer space or go into traverse these worlds when we don't have our, our stuff together here at home. And that resonates with me because you can watch uh, any show in the distant future. There's always the dregs of society, right? You can talk about Alter Carbon. You can look at Ghost in the Shell, um, Black Mirror. Um, I would hope that we could have like a a better future, but it doesn't look like that because um, it doesn't matter how advanced we are as a society, humans innately have this uh, this greed factor, right? Like we would all, I always hear like. Uh, people talk about there's not enough resources honestly we do have enough resources right here on, on on earth to to sustain us as a people but when you look at certain systems it's uh it doesn't really make sense right i'm i'm off one for like uh fashion i like fashion i like luxury items but i'm not gonna um the luxury industry is some of the most wasteful uh Industries known to man, right? The garment, clothing, the, the gallons of water, the hundreds of thousands and millions of gallons of water. And you see that we have now futures and um, water is now uh, sold on the stock market, which is rather scary because um, soon air will probably be on the market, right? The quality of our air. So now that we have not just gold and silver, but or milk or wheat, but water is actually on there, and that's just a recent occurrence. So, um, water isn't free anymore, right? So, I, uh, with Ghost in the Shell, it gives you uh, points to ponder, um, and it gives you a thought process, it gives you a it allows you to internalize a little bit. And even if you don't internalize, it allows you to visually see things um, in a different light. And um, I just wanted to switch gears and talk about that because uh, I just didn't feel like talking about anything else. Um, but uh, I think... Uh, we have to shape the world in which we live in to a, a better image, right? And for a better tomorrow, and it's not even about ourselves, right? It's about the future. Yeah, I realized that um, growing up, that um, the people who passed down a lot of the uh, issues and the burdens and once we're talking about it they gave uh, millennials a lot of shit to shove them they'll tell you that millennials are griping about everything but we pretty much received the world um as is and we were told a lot of lies um just as in uh college right they tell you that you know getting out of college i'm speaking to older people who graduated from college graduated from um they might have graduated from college in the 80s or the early 90s and they were saying like out of 
fresh out of college with, they had very minimal debt. They were getting jobs for $70,000, right? You could have had a degree in pottery or some <laughs> old basket weaving. It didn't really matter because they were, those jobs were going to train you and that was going to be a 20 plus year job. Now we realize that we're in the gig economy and jobs. I remember in um, some of my labor studies classes that if you had changed jobs within two times within a five year span or a 10 year span, you were considered a job hopper and undesirable by industry. But it was the industries that now um, made it this way because they didn't want to um, pay the, the wage. They never want to pay the wage, right? And and that goes back to some of the things I say um, about you know racism and classism, right? It's, it's not really the, the people fight for the crumbs, but the um, the corporations hold the, the loaves of bread and they hold people hostage, right? Or like for example, um, and and you and I always tell my audience never believe what I say or just take it for face value. Go research it itself. But I remember America had a a, a very good industry, right? They had a, several industries, right? And and that's why we talk about uh, building up America or. Um, the rhetoric that uh, President Trump had, which was a very interesting speech, is that he wanted to create businesses and American infrastructure. Well, that was the, the lie, of course, but um, it was a good selling point because Americans needed jobs at home, right? Affordable living wage jobs. Um, and so we had a lot of industries, right? We came out of our industrial revolution. A lot of people were getting paid handsomely, right? I spoke on um, in the last podcast about how um, uh, black people from the South had went to these industries within the West and the Midwest and the Northeast to work in um, these industries because American Americans and uh, America was producing a lot of the uh, a lot of different things, right? And so they end up outsourcing little, little by little. They gave government incentives. The, and then the other thing too is that these these entities, these multinational corporations that that are American, right, or American based, they may have have they may have a uh, an office in America, right? But their the meat and potatoes or their main um, bulk of their or their factories or their work or their garments is, is overseas. And they do that because they want to escape not paying the taxes of love or not paying the taxes or the living wage or um, not paying uh, health care for Americans at home. And that's the trick, right? And I know that they always talk about Reaganomics and a trickle down, trickle down uh, <laughs> It was like the trickle down uh, money, but that doesn't happen. Businesses don't trickle down anything. They <laughs> they have online items for that. They they're trying to save as much money or make as much money as possible. They're, that's that's what they're in the business of. So a lot of times those industries they move to Mexico, and what they were paying people um, 
here in America, they were paying a fraction of that. They may have been paying uh, Mexicans. Uh, if they were paying people in the 1980s, probably like around 325, right? Let's just say in the 1990s, you were paying, you didn't pay 325 an hour, that was minimum wage. They're paying that. They're probably paying the, uh, the Mexican population a dollar an hour. And then they realize they're probably paying that too much, and then they bounce to the Caribbean, <laughs> and or they bounce to um, Indonesia and China. And now we're here in China, where um, a lot of the businesses they they contracted out a lot of the work, like Nike, there in China, and, and a lot of these other places. And they left the maquiladoras, they left all these other places because they found it cheaper to go elsewhere. So they're bouncing around from. Um, country to country looking for the best deal because they can produce it, they can have people produce it mass. But there's only a matter of time where, where we talked about that antithesis, where the elite um, come across people who no longer want that job, right? They no longer want to shovel the shit. And excuse my language, but that that's what happens. And so a lot of these uh these countries, they, they got out of their, their industrial revolution asking for unionization. That's why they left Mexico. That's why they left the Caribbean. It's because each time these places, they ask for unionization or they ask for a higher wage for the things that they do, they leave abruptly and go to another uh, place where that's impoverished and exploit them. That's the name of the game. You know... I'm not saying capitalistic capitalism is exploitive, right? Um, however, we we allow it, right? That's that's the this is this is what we do. Um, this is the society that we live in, so it's like when in Rome. But I want you to understand that it has nothing to, to do with the the bottom base of people, right? So. We blame, they'll they'll point fingers at races, right? Well, the Asians did this, or the blacks, or the Africans did this, or the Spanish, or the Hispanic, the, um, the Latinos did this. But really, they're they're creating this system where they don't want to pay us anything, <laughs> and they're just gonna. And I and I always say this to my audience is that race is the ultimate divider. Whenever you start to talk about money. They, they, they throw race in the wrench because it takes it takes the heat off of those who are culpable and um, who are culpable of, of creating this um, this inequity you know so to speak and, and they can go on then to disappear and live somewhere else live like kings somewhere else and and do it to another group of people who don't deserve it, right? And, and that's the name of the game. Like when we look at diamonds, right? Or any industry, they'll take the diamonds from Africa, the raw materials. The raw materials aren't even um, broken down in, in Africa. They're, they're actually refined in India and then sent to London to be, uh, to, to be given accreditation. So here you have, like, say, the De Beers Company or something like that, right? They have a system where they they span across three continents. 
and we don't know who they are, right? They may be living in, in the Bahamas somewhere, but or they, they bounce around from across the world. This thing is global. And um and all I understand that's why I call it ghost in the shell because these people are like ghosts. Like you we we can't identify who these people are readily, right? But they're doing so much damage to these three countries, right? So you go, they may uh, be in Sierra Leone mining diamonds. They're paying the people um, next to nothing, child labor laws being broken, and the people aren't even getting clean water or roads, right? They're not giving anything to them. And then they take those raw materials, they take all that those raw materials, whether it's diamonds, whether it's copper, whether it's bauxite, whether it's manganese, whatever you name, it's coming out of the ground of Africa. It's being dug up. It's going to be refined outside of Africa, shipped, refined to the refiners in India or Asia, and then come back to Europe, whether it's the Dutch or whether it's the British. They're going to be come back to now, then be sorted and given a, a category or grade to be then sold to Americans. <laughs> it, it, it's it's um, logistically it's fascinating. Humanistically, it's it's savagery. And um, Ghost of the Shell, it, it, we have to start thinking on along those lines. And when I look at Ghost in the Shell, it, it it's futuristic. It's um, it's all of the above, but when I, I kind of take the place of it is that these people have to be held accountable, but a lot of times they're they're not, and and so when you have this this um terroristic cell, or you have this uh, proletariat group that's rising up, whether it be the uh, the um the pirate the Somali pirates or something like that, these are all one and the same in my head, right? There's no difference in my head whether it's uh, the Somali pirate or um, Huey P. Newton or uh, or Desolini or Tucson or Dutty Book or Nanny. These are all um, out of the same or Nat Turner, right? These are all people out of the same uh fight right but now the fight has become global it's become expansive it's not just us like i was just talking to a good friend of mine is that in um in south america in guyana where my, my parents are from cuffy his name is kofi but we call him cuffy he was able to have a successful revolt but a lot at the time he was unsuccessful because he realized that people needed to eat that the uh, the Burbies company, you know, coming out of the, the out of Britain, and they had a relationship with the Dutch, even though they were competitors, they were traders. And when he took over these plantations and he had a successful revolt, he realized that time was ticking, is that he didn't have the seed, he had he didn't have the infrastructure or grain to look to turn around to say that. I can sustain this because it's it go it went beyond this revolution, and that's why 
America had a hard time, and that's why even Haiti had a hard time. Haiti had to pay back billions of dollars after their 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 successful quote unquote successful revolution because when you turn around and you looked at your one island of many who were being exploited and you can't and you have no connection or you can't phone home, right? There's no relationship where you can get bags of rice or grain or uh, or uh, resources in order to sustain the people who live on the island. So a lot of times that is what caused the rift is because when you have hungry mouths to feed, you attack each other. So that's the same thing is that we we can't point a finger. We don't know who to point the finger at because these things are just so large. And this was in the, you know, 15, 16, 1700s, right? So a lot of these things happen, but the past is not even the past. It's present. So as we become more technologically sound, I would hope that, uh, and I and I got to stop saying hope because I, I'm kind of jaded on the hope. We we have to make it. So, but um, I would like to believe that humanity have, have has a better um, way of going about it, or we we can get this thing right. But I'm seeing a lot of self indulgence, a lot of greed, and. Ghost in the Shell is looking like it, it may be true or those dystopian futures where um, where we have everything and we have nothing, right? We have all the technological advancements, but we don't even have clean drinking water. <laughs> like I seen something the other day where uh, people were making robotic bees in order to pollinate flowers. And I'm just like, why can't we just keep keep the bees that we have here, right? Why don't we preserve the bees that we have here? Let's just stop destroying what we have here because they are nature's drones and they're doing, they're already doing the work. Why do we have to waste time and effort and and energy trying to create something in the event that we lose something? It's, It's pretty stupid. It's almost like my father saying, you guys are so smart, you're dumb. That you say that all the time, right? Don't get so smart, you dumb. And that's what we are. We're on a fast track to stupidity. But um, this is Cotton in the Rocket Chip. Peace.